I really, really, really think I'm going to miss football, Josh. Now, I talk about it a lot. I love the team building aspect. This is going to be a very draft heavy show, right? I love the NFL draft. But last night, last night when the basketball game got really out of control between Texas Tech and Kansas and I don't think Darian Williams missed a shot last night. And you do mean out of control. Oh, my gosh. Think that team uh, needs McCuller? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. But I ended up – I texted one of my friends about this, and I think I think they're judging me. About midway through – Halftime, I realized this thing. Well, actually, actually, I watched a little bit of the start of the second half between Kansas and Texas Tech, and Texas Tech rolled them. I quickly realized that I had no interest in watching Texas Tech just kick Kansas. <laughs> so I ended up down a Fleetwood Mac rabbit hole where I learned about the origins of the song Silver Spring and probably spent way too much time on the Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham relationship last night no such thing as too much time i'm just gonna tell you right now as somebody who usually uh, don christie if he's listening and most of my friends at work and fm are like what i all the things that people know about music i know about sports right i know nothing about music i mean absolutely nothing right so i'm down this rabbit hole of oh my gosh oh my gosh and I'm watching like this 1994 performance where she's just singing the song she wrote about him. And she's like ripping it through his soul. And he's just up there, Josh, taking it, playing the guitar. just take. It was awesome. And then I realized, I, I, I really need Monday Night Football back. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if I'm going to get into the spring league or what. <laughs> but I don't know if I could do much more of that because whenever I was done, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this information. I, I don't know where this goes from here. <laughs> it can't. Uh, your guys' thoughts. Uh, what's a sports breakup like Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, 405-329-9000? I, I literally don't know what to do with this information, Josh. You just did. You just did it. So, uh, yeah, kind of take me through the last 24 hours for you. Super Bowl champs on Sunday. You and I survive a Monday show where um, – TJ let me know I needed to be in Newcastle about an hour before I needed to be in Newcastle, but we made it work. Not TJ's fault, in my opinion, my fault. Um, you got to still be on cloud nine, right? Oh, are, are you thinking great. about trying to go up for the parade? I, I'm always thinking about it, but uh, I, I, it's just not going to happen. Yes, back at the class, I see your hand raised, please. Right, I, I'm just going to make this very clear. Outside of an Oklahoma Sooner football national championship parade, I have no desire to ever go to a championship parade. <laughs> well, I don't want to miss the show. And, and you got then, a big weekend coming up, too, that we'll got, talk about. Got a big weekend. Got a big weekend coming up. And uh, I've got coaches' shows back here that night. So, okay. We got to work, baby. All right. You got to make that paper. We'll flip it on TV. We'll watch it on TV. We'll see what's going on there. But it's been I, a good 24, though. I, I, I find myself interested in consuming the debate shows, so you know things are going well. <laughs> the 405 writes, the, the, the biggest breakup in sports, Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. Oh, yes. 
that show's over. Segment's over. There, there goes my my Silver Spring research, Josh. It's done thanks to the first text from the four hundred five. But I okay. So I Tiger and Hank, Tiger Tiger and Hank's pretty good. Tiger and Fluff and Tiger and Steve and all of his breakups. My apologies. Continue on. I'm fascinated by the overtime, not just the Chiefs winning it, but a how little we truly knew about the format. Yeah. And I guess secondly, just why? Yeah. Did it work? Did you see what Tiki Barber said? No, no, no. I I I told you I was researching the Silver Spring song last night and the relationship between Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks, Josh. I don't know what part of that you think I'm making up. It's which good point. I'm would sorry. you like would you like to know about their first band that they actually had together, or do you want to talk about what Tiki Barber had to say? Probably rather listen to Stevie Nicks. Oh, by the way, before people start getting before we get back to sports, guy gets really mad at me. Yes, we are. We got a lot of football coming up on the show today. There, there's some of this. Everyone takes everything literally anymore. But go, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. I sent you Tiki. Where is it? Is it? It's Twitter? in your DMs. Oh. All right, so this was CBS Sports Tiki Bar. Oh, Tattoo Baker sent me something, too. <laughs> All right, can we play it? You want to listen to Should it? Should be able to, yeah. Okay, hold on here. Let me uh, let me get hooked in here. So you had a good night then? Everything good? It was a great night, yeah. yeah I good, was good. hoping that KU Tech would be some sort of interesting. And uh, if you're a Kansas hater, well, it certainly was. But it really was. If you were looking for something competitive, it certainly was not. No, no, I uh, – None of the NBA games are really doing it. I mean, I know. Listen, we we get to talk sports every day, so I'm not, like, complaining. But as far as a sports content night, it was almost as if everybody just said – everybody just said at one time, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take Monday off too. Kind of wiped from the Super Bowl. We're taking a day. We're going to take a day. All right, so this is – I'm intrigued by the overtime to see if it sticks. So here's what Tiki Barber had to say about it from WFA in New York Radio. Wait for it. I think playoffs it's, oh, is oh, nonsense. Okay, here we go. Oh, the new NFL overtime rule in the playoffs is nonsense. Oh, it's absolute nonsense. Really? Okay. To make the clock mean nothing is nonsense. So you think the clock should have ended the game? The clock has to end the game. I understand why they do it this way because you want to be fair, but it takes all urgency out of football. Some of the greatest moments in the NFL. It's end of half Hail Marys mm-hmm. or end of half urgency to get a f- get in the field goal position. We've got to move the ball 40 yards, get to the 35-yard line, run the kicker out there, kick a field goal. We go into halftime. We have momentum. That's urgency. Why? Because there's a clock ticking down. Let's think about the end of game. You get into overtime in the playoffs, and you take all of that, and you just throw it away. <laughs> all right, you're guaranteed a possession. If your possession takes, you know, 22 minutes, good luck, right? Because guess what? The other team's going to get a possession, too. The clock has no purpose. Like, I hate that because football, in my mind, is it's competing against the component of the opponent, but it's also competing against, like, these forces that constrain you, right? And it's the field, it's the, it's the officials, and it's the clock, in overtime in the in the NFL playoffs, they have neutered the clock, <laughs> and it makes no sense to me. I, I think I agree with him. And, and ultimately, it didn't matter because Kansas City scored before the clock ran out. That's right. But to his point, 
you know, you don't have to have that sense of urgency leading up uh, to those final sequences of plays. Just interesting. No, I, I guess we live college football. I mean, we really, truly do. 24-7, 365, we live college football. And I, I love all the, the nerdy FOI stuff and FOI, I guess it is. And I, I love all the investigations. I love all the fights. I love the, the, the drama between what's a rule and what isn't. I, I love it all. But I also love the strategy that college fans had as opposed to like NFL fans last night to where, you know, college fans are like right away, you got, you got to find out what you need to get you got to kick they got to have the football first right and I think it was the first time where everyone was kind of in agreement with each other to where it's like yeah don't you you don't want the football to start overtime right but you know what his logic made sense exactly there's one only one major problem to it the guy quarterback in the other team's name is Patrick Mahomes that's right here is uh here is what Kyle Shanahan had to say. I, so here's my low-hanging fruit question of the day. This is my big Super Bowl, tie this to college football, tie this to the rest of football and what it means. Is this the future of overtime? Now, I didn't hear them discuss. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea. I had no clue whatsoever that you roll over into another quarter. No clue. Yeah, I think they should change that. And what they – explain on the broadcast was actually really good it's like you're starting a new game you're starting a new game and I'm like well that's okay but the Chiefs if that first overtime quarter comes to an end they pick up their possession right from where they are they just flip field but it's my understanding that if they get in the end zone the game's over that's right which it was so they're not just starting a new game is not the correct way to describe it I don't think so either here's what Shanahan said about receiving uh, did I say that right? Yeah, receiving yeah. the uh, won the football, the football it. and everything. None of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Dang, that's a good explanation. <laughs> You're right. So. I think of all the things that came out of the Super Bowl, there's the the Mahomes goat debate. There's sure. the conversations about if this was the season to get Kansas City because they're going to get better at receiver. What happens now for San Francisco is a massive question. I could not agree more. They're oh so close. They've just been denied twice by Kansas City. If Greenlaw doesn't get hurt, do they win the game? They might have. The, the replacement sort of got, uh, well, taken well, to town. If if I – if I am under where's where's my San Francisco 49er nerds out there? If I understand it forced Fred Warner into more of a coverage role and he not very good at that or at least struggled with it on Kelsey. So maybe maybe there's something to that I I don't want to I don't want to live in that fight right now. That's really really inside the X and O's and that's really personnel this is from coach underscore yak oh well it's got to be 100 percent right then well he's got 30 some thousand followers so yeah it's definitely right once dre greenlaw went down oren burks filled in for him here's how he did in coverage nine targets nine catches allowed one touchdown 
134.7 passer rating when targeted, 32.1 PFF coverage grade. Who's that poor linebacker that filled in when Ryan Reynolds got hurt in the Texas game that fans still haven't forgiven him from? That's how San Francisco fans feel here. <laughs> Except probably a million times. I, I think that's the third time we've referenced that dude in the span of like a month. But of all those storylines, right? Andy Reid, is he in that conversation with the greatest coaches of all time? Is Kansas City a dynasty, right? Well, they are now. Oh, they absolutely are. They weren't without this, but they are with it. But see, that's an interesting little debate in and of itself. Yeah, sure. Oh, we we could spend summers on that if people cared enough. So before the game, Stephen A. Smith thing was, you have to win more than you lose to be dynastic, right? I agree with that. And and I like the magic number three has always been sort of where my mind goes for dynasties. Sure. The Detroit Pistons. Do you consider them a dynasty in basketball? <sighs> Went back to back. That's that's I think a nice little prereq too. Is if you repeat. As a champion, well, maybe, right? Maybe there's a conversation there. But, like, if Kansas City... That's a good question. If Kansas City, over the course of 10 years, let's say, with Mahomes, right, Mm -hmm. lost six Super Bowls but won four, that's not dynastic? Because technically they would have lost more than they won, but they won four Super Bowls and they played for 10. Mm, It's a great question. So how do we... Right, exactly. How do you gauge it? So of of all of those, Josh, of all those debates that come out, I think the one that maybe resonates a little bit more with the college football family family is do we need to reevaluate our overtime? Is this the right way? Or has college been doing it right from the start? Now, they've had some adjustments to where they see seven, eight overtime games, like one or two of them. They're like, okay, everyone goes for two. After this point, like did the did what we see in the Super Bowl? Now that we all fully, I think, understand it, is that the future of overtime, or is maybe how college is doing it, where it's like each start at twenty five, we go from there? Because if Tiki Barber's complaint, and I'm sure there's other out others out there that are fighting about the clock and how it has to be a part of the game, and so on and so forth, right? I mean, in the end, you. College football's overtime rules completely give that middle finger to all things that are clock-related in overtime. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, outside of the play clock, obviously. Outside of the play clock. Brandon Crow, by the way, thank you, Drake. I Brandon, if you're listening, I like you. You were awesome. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. I-, I love the driving the field element in the National Football League. That's, that's the one thing that I like better, but uh, – College football is very exciting with its overtime. I wish they'd go back to what their overtime used to be. I'm here for 12 overtimes if we can play it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need teams to have to go for two immediately. Or in what? The third overtime, is it? Do you, is, do you have to wait till the third or is it the second where you could start going for two? Oh, I think it's the second now. And see, I don't like that. But there's also the TV element. You guys, by the way, one little sidebar. No, no, you, let, let me break, because I feel like, why why muddy up the segment by throwing in my anger with ESPN? <laughs> All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll debate overtime, but I just, for me, if you guys want to get in on it at 405-651-3439,
I kind of feel like there's a better solution. I did like the idea. I did like the – I'm with you a 1,000%, dude. If there's a larger number than saying a 1,000%, a bazillion percent. I love the idea of having to drive the field. I really do. But I feel like we're trying to gimmick up overtimes and extra innings in like every single sport. Hockey had the longest time where their, their extra innings – I just want to quit right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Hockey had the longest time where, like, what, it's overtime. They Sudden death. They would go to four-on-four, four, right? And I think at one point they even talked about three-on-three. Three. That's not hockey, right? Uh, ba- hockey, Hockey's the perfect sport to wear. And, and soccer, too. Right. Golden goal right. makes sense. Because right. everybody's got a chance to go get the puck or the ball. And then eventually it gets to the point where it's a shootout. Well, that's not the game. The baseball and softball, now you've got the – uh, ghost runner on second base. Right? Another terrible thing. We did that this weekend. There was a point where it kind of threw me off for a second. I'm like, wait, what you doing? Going? Oh, okay. That's <laughs> right. I international forgot. rules. We won't be here until midnight. And then the NFL, it's like, what's the most natural thing we can find? And I thought this was pretty close. I thought this was pretty close. But I don't see everyone going, yeah, that's the way to go. That's how we need to have it done. It's clearly the most fair format that the NFL has ever had. Now, will, will it be implemented into the regular season? I don't think so because the the health and wear and tear no. angle. No. You, you spend so much time in football. Ties are great, too. Like in the NFL, <laughs> I, I there's I, nothing more funny when you look at the final record. It's like 13-3-1. Huh. The fact that it exists as a possibility, I don't want to lose that. KJ Kindler typically joins us to kick the show off on Tuesday. Unfortunately, coach is unable to make it, so she is pushed back to hopefully later in this week. Um, we're talking some baseball on the show, I believe, tomorrow. Manana, we'll be talking a little bit of baseball. Let me double check and see what time uh, our baseball guest is going to be joining us. I we got hooked up from the new sports information director. For Oklahoma baseball, Patrick Dunn. How about that? Uh, and let me see. This is, I, I just want to double check to to triple stamp the double stamp. It looks like we're going to be having someone on on Wednesday's show. Did I? How did I lose Patrick's text? Anyway, I'll find it here in a bit. But we'll have some baseball talk this week. I reached out to get Coach or Brito on. I just, you know, I, could I probably text coach and be like, hey, what are you doing? Come on. But I don't want to get in trouble. I want to follow proper procedure. Follow protocol. Now, I don't do that with JT. That's just because JT put me saying Riley Ludlam's name wrong in my head the other day. And it <laughs> he gets I, you. It shook me, man. He, 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 he shakes me every now he and then. He gets the program. So at 923, let's hit your text. They're rolling early. Let's take advantage of that. With Josh on Plank, you're listening to the Home of Sooner Fans. I did realize during the break, this is the first time I've been in studio in a minute, right? Since? It's been at least two weeks, right? Yeah. Well, we left, traveling season. We left for – did I come in on the day – I came in on the Tuesday, right, before we left? I did the show in here, or were we on remote? Is there a schedule behind Look behind you, you and see. These, by the way, these are the nerdy things that matter to me, so please forgive me because... Yeah, it appears you were here. Okay, so it's, well, then at the very least, it's been a week. Unless you stayed here. home that day. Oh my gosh, I did. 
Remember, because I had the sick kid. Yeah. I had the sick kid, and I didn't go get the car. I had to go get the car from Fowler. By the way, shouts out to my man Dallas and the crew over at Fowler. I just want to make it very clear, guys. Um, you know, I, I know the vineyards. I'm, I'm down for a Fowler sponsorship, too, on the Plank Show. But through their relationship with the Sooner Radio Network, they, uh, they gave us a sweet ride. I think it's one of the cars that Drake's had before because it just it there was a couple of things I think that uh it just it reminded me of somebody that I used to know and it was cool. So throwback now. It was it was dude, when you drive a new car and it's just Fowler takes such good care of you. And you drive a new car, you get so spoiled. It's like you get out of that car and then you get in your car and you're like, "Oh, what a what a piece. What am I doing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, in any fallout from your perspective, real quick before I hit the text line, any fallout from your perspective on last night's Kansas Tech game, except to say that you take McCullers out for Kansas and they're probably in big Yeah, trouble. they're lost. Lost minus them. They, they need his star power. Kansas uh, – I'm not going to be a total prisoner of the moment, okay? Right. Because you and I have sat here, and I've made the mistake in years past, others have made the mistake in years past, of seeing Kansas not look great and then, uh, well, magically turn it on, win a Big 12 tournament championship, maybe make a run in March. So I'm not calling time of death on Kansas in a game where McCuller didn't play. But they do clearly, my antennas are up, that they are not good right now outside of Allen Fieldhouse. Now, is that correctable? I, I think so, but uh, I, I'm a little bit alarmed in that regard. I, I've i kind of had questions about their bench since the start of the season, but have, I, I worked with Pat Bradley. Boy, I am just name-dropping like crazy today, aren't I? <laughs> Name Jeez, them all. Please, man. Uh, but I was working with the shooter. Pat Bradley a couple weeks ago, and we, we were talking about Kansas, and my point to him was their depth. I'm kind of worried about their depth because, I mean, I was I was trying to see. I don't – last night – oh, why am I on the football page? Last night, obviously, their starting lineup was shifted around a little bit because uh, McCuller didn't play. But they still – they bring – yeah, they started Furphy last night. So – I mean, really, he's about the only guy that I trust coming off their bench. But he pretty much starting. And now they use, they, they've got like one other guy that plays more than double-digit minutes coming off the bench without McCullers in the lineup. But Pat said, he's like, listen, I think it's overrated. I think it's overrated. He's like, you're going to be – it's very rarely when you look back, you're like, oh, they just got grinded down by the depth of the other team. Now, losing – by not 5, 10, 15, or 20, but losing by nearly 30. Holy smokes. I had not looked at this box score. Yeah, it's really bad. Dickinson was 2 for 12? They just, every time he would touch the basketball, everybody seemed to just, they, Texas Tech could not care less about any other player in that game but Dickinson. Well, with McCuller out, that's probably a pretty wise approach. It worked. You know who I'd like to see Kansas get bracketed with? Hold on. Because of – you, would you like a clue? Yeah. 
Because of Hunter Dickinson. Oh, Mich- well, Michigan's not going to the tournament, so who are you thinking? Purdue. Edie versus Dickinson would be pretty good tournament theater. I don't disagree. Now, after last night, you might be thinking that Edie's going to drop 40 on his head and Dickinson might not score at all, but... Uh, I told you something terrible is happening to me, Josh. Something terrible is happening to me. I'm falling for Purdue. I'm. I think that they have a chance to go on a Virginia-like run. I'm kind of looking at him from the other side of the room, and I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> what are you guys up to, man? They look good. They look good." Tonight in the Big Twelve, the schedule looks like this. We'll talk a lot about Oklahoma and Baylor coming up here in just a bit. Uh, reminder: that's an eight o'clock tip. So. If you're an old like I am, get your nap in. 8 o'clock tip tonight in the Foster Pavilion. That's on ESPN2. Of course, you can find the broadcast on the Varsity app, which I highly suggest you use. Um, Early game, Iowa State at Cincinnati. And then later on in the evening, uh, UCF at BYU. I am not a gambling man, but if I had money, I would put it all. Well, let me Boy, that was kind of a contradiction. I'm not a gambling man, but if I had money, I'm not a gambling man if I was and had the discretionary income to do so, I would probably take the house and push it on Baylor minus 12 and a half tonight. Don't know why, but just I think UCF is going to get absolutely annihilated here this evening. And I guess you could arguably say, Josh, well, not arguably say, with the loss by Kansas last night, I mean, this thing is wide freaking open. Not as if Kansas was, you know, all alone atop the bracket or anything, uh, the table, if you will. But I would say right now. You like Brigham Young to roll? Oh, I like Brigham Young to roll tonight. Let's see, 7 8. I mean, are there maybe a little bit of a homer take here, guys? Maybe a little bit of a homer take. But are there eight teams still alive for the Big 12 championship right now? You got Houston at eight and three. And by the way, uh, Houston's schedule coming up, kind of challenging. Well, it's a Big 12, so it's all challenging. But they still have to go to Baylor. They're coming here. And they've got Texas and Iowa. Texas pushed them to double overtime. Iowa State's a top 10 team now. That's... This Saturday for the Texas game. Next Monday for the Iowa State game. You've got Kansas to wrap the season up. So I'm not slam dunking anything. I'm not really all that big on Iowa State. It's like I look and I see that they're 7-3 and three right now. And there's a part of me that's like, how? How? What? Though that was a, uh, that was a pretty impressive beatdown they put on TCU this weekend. And don't sleep on their win at Texas. But I, I mean... I don't know, man. I'm kind of thinking it's a little bit more wide open. 7-3 for Iowa State. Texas Tech, who had been scuffling a bit. Now they won back-to-back games. They're 7-4. and four. Baylor's at 6-4. and four. Oklahoma's there at 6-5. and five. Kansas is now 7-5. and five. I know it's a two-game lead, but oof. Oof. I think it's open. Theoretically, sure. Realistically, four-team race. Probably five. Okay, who's your five? I promise to get to Texas. Kansas, Baylor, Tech, Iowa State, and Houston. Kansas, Baylor. You don't count out Kansas. You can't count out uh, Kansas. 
And boy, Houston has matriculated itself fine, just fine. Look at us talking college hoops, Josh. We'll hear from Porter Moser in advance of their showdown tonight against Baylor coming up in hour number two. In the meantime, let's hit your text next. I also promised yesterday, 10.30 this morning, the NCAA versus everybody. Where are we? What's the latest? So if it bores you, get yourself a cup of coffee. I'll try to bring some juice to it. But let's figure out where we are. And I think we've seen the luckiest team in the offseason that has become the darlings of the offseason. But I don't know if I want to call them darlings as much as I've, I, I would say they are lucky AF. And we'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. Plank Show, our number one. We are back, baby. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Our number one presented by our good friends over at Van Hoos Fence. Check them out where you can get all of your fencing needs taken care of by the premier fence company in Oklahoma. They offer fencing installation and fencing repairs. Customer satisfaction, it's their priority. The uh, perfection for them, it's your protection. 405-735-1167. Online, vhfence.com. To the Meyer Chevrolet text line, that's 405-651-3439. Brazilian Sooner. Was sad to see how a few idiot so-called Sooner fans took shots at Jordy getting injured. Really don't understand that kind of animosity for someone who wanted to go home. Hope she does great this year. Glad we got Maxwell and think Kirsten Deal develops into a standout this year. Yeah, and, and let's let's remember, I mean, you never know what the future holds. You never know what the future holds. Do you know how long Jordy Ball was committed to Nebraska whenever she was coming out of high school? Since she was in eighth grade. She committed to Nebraska when she was in, like, eighth grade. And I I don't think it was just some whim that Patty Gasso and Jen Rocha showed up and changed that mind. Do you know where we were when I found out? It's kind of funny that you think about it now looking back. Because she had been committed for a long time, and I want to say she committed to OU whenever we were at the uh, the UCLA game, whenever Jalen went out there. I think it was like 19. Gosh, so what grade was she in then? Was she a sophomore? But my point is, you just – you never know. What if she gets back to Nebraska and – I mean, she gets hurt, right? They're not very good. That – that stuff can wear on you. What if the pressures are be- – so my point in my point is take Brazilian Sooner's advice because you don't want to be the person that – and I, I know that there's many of you that don't, but I firmly believe in karma, Josh Helmer. Sure. Fully believe in karma, and the last thing that you want is to be the person that's like, yeah, I'm glad you got hurt, and then the next thing you know one of your players snaps their limb. I mean, you just – you got to remember the era we live in. I mean, you're, you can be mad. And I, by the way, Brazilian center, I think it's a very, 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 very small minority. When Jordy left for Nebraska, I mean, I was talking to Cootie about this. I don't think she'd mind me saying it. But, I mean, we were both like, oh, gosh, I hope, I hope this doesn't turn into what I'm afraid it's going to turn into. And it was pretty good, really. And it was pretty good. All right, it's well, actually worse now than it ever was then. <laughs> I know. From, from a small minority. Right, right, right. All right, uh, where do you want to go next on the text line? Uh, from the 405, 
Shouldn't football adopt the diamond sports approach? Let the offense start with the receiver standing in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, and then where's the Kansas City Chief fan making the joke? Put Valdez Scantling down there and he'd drop it. Hey, were you surprised? One story that everyone lost their mind on right before kickoff was Jarek McKinnon being activated, activated right? And Sky Moore was not. Uh, but Sky had been dinged up, too. Were you were you surprised by that? And then he made a big big how, third down play. It, it seemed as if he was in. Now everyone lost their minds. We're like, you got to take the over on receiving yards with him. And I don't think it quite hit. But <laughs> No, it, didn't, it doesn't feel like I, it did. I don't feel like it did. But then again, I watched the first half and thought the Niners were running the football at will. And then I looked at the stats and you're like, oh. And maybe it's just those few runs by McCaffrey. Right, you see the runs by McCaffrey. Purdy like, actually had a good first yeah, quarter did. throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I were you surprised by that and the role he played? Not really. Okay. N- not really. I mean, once he was activated, no. You knew that uh, as a third down back, they liked to dump it off to him out in the flat and let him, you know, Make a grab and, and pick up a third down conversion here and there. So and he had a timely one. Right, there's yeah, no, no doubt no, no. he did. No doubt he did. Let's hit one more here, real quick. Poor Kadarius Tony. He was poor. Uh, poor Kadarius Tony. He was probably on Instagram live complaining about something. Uh, let's see here. The NCAA isn't going to make any changes that potentially add extra plays to a game. They just made rule changes to shorten games and cut plays out. It's fair. Yeah, I I, I feel like. The college overtime isn't changing. I just don't. These two from 5809. <laughs> Oren Burks did a pretty decent job filling in. I'd say the 49ers have some tough decisions ahead. Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> 5809. Fleetwood Matt greater than Tiki Barber. I don't know. I don't know about that. Tiki Barber had a good take. Yeah, I, I fell down a Fleetwood Mac rabbit hole last night. <laughs> Is there a behind the music or anything I can watch? Now I'm all in. Coach Cole would be very proud of you. Uh, good, good. I just, I mean, listen, I'm not. A, I I listen to Fleetwood Mac, but I never like knew all the stories. And I'm telling you what, man, that's one of the most savage live performances I've ever seen in my life. When with Stevie, your ex standing with right Ste- there, Stevie Nicks is just singing down her ex and the song that she wrote about. How he's never going to forget her voice, and he's just, man, he's taking it. He's like, all right, give it to me. He's like, let's <laughs> Is go. it more cold-blooded from her or more cold-blooded from him? I think it's more from her. And I think he, because, you know, um, what's the, oh, what's, the, Go Your Own Way was his breakup song to her among in, many. And so you see, Josh, what happened is when she wrote Silver Spring, they told her it wasn't going on the album, and it ended up on the B-side of Go Your Own Way. Mm. And so... The the band kind of broke up, but they got back together, and they did that ninety four, ninety seven, whenever it was, and that's whenever Mick Fleetwood said we're gonna have Silver Spring be a part of it, and they performed it live on MTV, and it is exacted revenge. It's beautiful, uh, and I, I I like this. I know you won't read this because it's it's a flex, but what is the debate about Kansas City? Writes the four hundred five. This is clearly a diagnostic. Thank you, meant to say dynasty. Yeah, this is clearly a dynasty. Autocorrect is a powerful <laughs> for them, tool. but all dynasties start and end. It, it's absolutely a dynasty, no doubt. I just don't see an end for this thing right now. Well, there's going to be two eras to this thing. Can, can they tack on one or two more with Kelsey? Sure. And then beyond that, the the retooling maybe post Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. 
Who is it with? And does it result in a second dynastic run like New England found? Right? I mean, those are the questions. It, no, it's dynastic now. I was just making the point that sure. Stephen A. said before the game and others said before the game, it's not a dynasty if they lose. Now, they've won, and it's dynastic. How do we compartmentalize what's going on with San Francisco? I mean, I, I hate to hear it described as the Buffalo Bills of the 2020s, but, I mean, close but no cigar. And the misses in the championship games, two NFC championship game losses, two Super Bowl losses now. Well, that's who they are, sure. Insert franchise that uh, couldn't get over the top. Denver for a number of years before Elway went back-to-back to close. You know, there's a great comparison if you want to go back to the 70s. Ooh, the 70s. How dare you bring those up? But the Raiders were a lot that same way when the Steelers were just their roadblock, and they never got past the AFC championship game. And when they finally did, now they, again, maybe a little different because the Raiders never got to Super Bowl and lost. But it's, it's, re- it's, tough, to be a, it's tough to be a Niners fan, I think. Because you don't want to dump all over your success that you're having, right? You're the NFC champion, and you went to overtime with the world champion. But in the same vein, you're like, dang, man, we've been close twice. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're right there to to two of these championships. And, I, and, and you know, last year they might have won if they'd pretty had stayed healthy. I still, I still think – I still think that this is going to be a Super Bowl we're going to be talking about for a long time. Oh, it was a great one. Kansas City's coaching staff, for their part defensively, had a lot of Drew Brees comparisons for Brock Purdy. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. All right, so uh, we got a break. Good stuff on the text line. Keep them coming. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. We're grateful for the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet sponsorship. When we come back, though, I-, I got a little update on softball this weekend. Now, I mentioned the uh, – the hotline has been done wrong to try to get Coach Gasso on the show. We may have Alyssa Brito on this week. But when we come back, should we be concerned about playing this week? That's next on The Ref. All right. This weekend, Sooner Softball segment here to wrap up hour number one. This weekend, we are headed to Lake Charles, Louisiana. And... It's Oklahoma against McNeese State a couple of times. Central Arkansas is in there. There is a there is a matchup against Lamar. Did I tell you I'm driving down there? Sup, Dallas? I'll be to see you on Thursday. You did. But here's what's here's what's interesting about it. The the cowgirl diamond. It's, it's a turf field, and I don't. I don't know much I, – I don't know how often we've played on a turf field. But it's – um. well, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's just – yeah, it's the outfield. It's the outfield. I want to make that clear. There's no – when I say turf field, that's what I mean. There, There's no grass infields. It's dirt, Captain Obvious. But it's still dirt at Joe Miller Field for the infield. So whenever I saw this this morning, Josh Helmer, I'm not going to lie – I was concerned a little bit from our buddy, Dr. Kevin Clazel. Friday afternoon in Lake Charles looks quite wet. Uh-oh. With a front bringing rain showers and lightning risk through the afternoon and evening. 
Now, Saturday will be chilly and breezy with 50s, but rain ends early Saturday morning. Sunny and cool 50s, 50s on Sunday. So, yeah. Now, again, turf outfield, so you don't have to worry about that too much. But I can't can't imagine that that's going to be overly optimistic, Josh, to be able to play a couple of games on Friday. It does not sound optimistic, no. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they've got a – it's actually a, a pretty nice field. They put the fully turfed field down in February of 2018. So it's relatively – I guess now that's like six years old, right? But their uh, seating facilities are covered. So we'll see. But as it stands right, can I say we'll see enough in this segment? Holy smokes. You may. I don't, because I just don't know. But you would guess from that forecast, might be a little bit iffy to try to get two in on Saturday. We'll see. Sooner Mm. scheduled to get started at 3.30 on Saturday against Central Arkansas. It's a plank show. We're talking college football next.